Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 15, season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Action, another week. We're in December, hard December now. Um, dog days of winter, sort of, maybe, more or less. And uh, how are things going for you in, in Detroit over there? Pretty cold. Mm-hmm. maybe not as cold as your apartment but uh yeah. the outside is cold at least i think you can probably touch on that in a minute uh, mm-hmm. other than that just got the house all ready to go for christmas holidays we went to a SantaCon brawler crawl last weekend at royal Great. oak that was a pretty good time got a few drinks with friends and then back here and pretty much just hold up watching football the rest of the weekend and uh work how about you I was waiting to see some pictures from the SantaCon. Where's, where's your, like, elf outfit? I thought you were going to dress up like elf. That's what you told me. We both had Miller Lite sweaters on, thanks right. to my brother supplying the merch. And nice. uh, they were g- giving away, like, reindeer ears or horns and, like, Santa hats at the door. But I never actually put mine on. You can't mess up the hair, guys. That's right. This, the side action is represented by excellent hair in Detroit. <laughs> Um, no, I'm doing okay. As, as, as action reference, my apartment is completely freezing. I've been complaining for two weeks, and the heat is not really on. It's it's on in a couple of rooms, and you can hear my voice, my signature raspy voice today, um, fighting something in my throat now. But, um, you know, I had a good time. Obviously, it was at the, the big holiday party last week in Philly. Had some pretty good times out there throwing down then i rolled right into town went to coaching you know the pistons got a win this is the uh fam pistons of of evanston not the detroit pistons not the detroit (laughs) pistons we we probably couldn't compete with those guys but sometimes but um and then yeah a bit busy week you know i had a holiday happy hour here that i hosted yesterday you know kind of like i used to do back in the old days we got some people out first first time in two years which is fun um Pretty awesome. Actually, a little note here. I went out to uh, my cousin, Tom Doherty, who Tommy's great. You know, he's got his Friday Night Beers podcast. I'm just going to give him a cross promote. He's he's great. He does that every week and launches it on Fridays. He invited me to go to Trivia on Tuesday at his local bar called The Standard, which is in um, Wicker Park, you know, right in Milwaukee. So we we had a shot at winning. We, we ended up coming in fourth. We, we, we missed one of the questions. And the key question was, this is the key question. You got to name four states that that start with the letter M that have the population between five and eight million. Wow. And we had the list. We had the list, and and I thought we had the list. You know, we I was wavering a little bit on Missouri. I was thinking so. We had rattled off Massachusetts, Maryland, uh, Minnesota, and Michigan. You know, those were our top four. And then I, in the, in the end, I'm like, wait, wait, what about Missouri? What about Missouri? And he, he went to Mizzou. So he's like, not Missouri. It's, it's not Missouri. It's too small, too small. And I'm like, what about the two big cities? You know? No, 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 no. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. And I was thinking in my head, electoral college votes, like, you know, trying to do the math. Yeah. 
So it turns out the Missouri was in the mix and Michigan was out. And I thought to myself, Michigan, man, I know they've lost a lot of population, but it's a trick question action. Do you know how many people live in the state of Michigan? More than 8 billion, I bet. A little over 10 million. It's like a 10.6. So the trivia people kind of do a little dipsy do on us there, but anyway. <laughs> and, where our uh, metro area in Detroit here is bigger and wider than you could ever imagine. It takes several hours to get across the metro area sometimes. So. And you got little cities too. I mean, I, yeah. so anyway, it, it, now I know the capital. You know, now I know the population of your states. <laughs> Good. <laughs> One more, well, two more here in our house. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Plus two. Uh, let's get into the the week. You know, week thirteen recap, and we'll get into how we did in the contest later, which is exciting. Um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, but the underdogs are starting to lose up a little bit, right? The dogs, you know, came in six and eight last week against the spread. Um, a little bit of a correction. And then, but the road dogs still did pretty good, three and two against the spread. Uh, and in general, road teams were doing well, eight and six, but they were mostly favored, I, I guess. And then the unders still cashing in. I mean, nine and five. That's been a season-long thing, and I'm not sure what's to say what to say about that. If scoring is down, or if it's just you know the inflated lines. But uh, yeah. and then and, you know, I, zero zero games really being affected by the spread. Yeah, I mean, to touch on the totals, I think it has a lot to do with the fans being back in the stands this year. You've seen odds makers that probably overcorrected after an influx of scoring last season. And mm. um, with the fans in the stands, it certainly hinders those offenses a little bit more. But the unders have just been crushing lately, another profitable week going that direction. And you've seen a correction this week in the market. I think the average total across the board this week is like 45, maybe. Mm. Right. Very low. There's only two games over 50, I think. But of course, the game last night shot over. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of interesting. You know, just it's weird. I mean, it's a weird year, but uh, I think I think the spreads are starting to get correct. Is what I'm trying to say. It's getting a little bit more flipped back. Not 100%. Dogs are still winning the day overall, but they're make the favorites are coming back. Yep. Um, well, some of the highs I noted action, I've got Arizona as road warriors. This is amazing. This team is, we noted last week, at least I don't know if we did on the pod or we did it in our discussion. Arizona is now seven and zero against the spread on the road. Uh, Kyler Murray obviously looked really good in his return and they dominated the bears. I mean, it got a little close at the end, but they were definitely the right side. They dominated that game against the bears. Yeah, Arizona, another dominant road performance. And really, in the first half, they made no question about it. They jumped out to a big lead, and Andy Dalton and company had no chance to come back in that one. That's right. Uh, another one of our you know, games that actually worked out in our favor, not necessarily for our pick, but the Chiefs. The Chiefs were in full form. I mean, they actually covered a double-digit spread. We, we talked about it last week that it was, wasn't possible. You know, the Broncos were an index pick just because of the numbers, but – Chiefs came to play, and uh, you know they, they covered that nine and a half pretty easily in this one. Uh, the Broncos really only scored nine points in this game, and you know and there's a pick six in this one too. So the Chiefs' defense is apparent. I mean, the Broncos aren't a great offense, but they've continued their their dominance, and which really helps the Chiefs win games. Yeah, I mean the Broncos did put up a decent amount of yards, 400 yards and 5.6 yards per play, but you got to figure that some of that was in garbage time and. Right. Certainly they were playing that bend but don't break style, only limiting the Broncos to nine points and three added turnovers certainly helped in the final score as well. Definitely. 
Another one of my highs are the Dolphins, man. I mean, Dolphins take care of business. I mean, they were two and seven. This team was written off. I liked him before the season. They had a really good emergence last year. You know, Tua finished the second half of the year. He obviously started hurt, but they won five straight now. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, they obviously beat a, a bad team, <laughs> you know, in, in Giants without, I mean, with, you know, the neck or what I call them, the giraffe. Um, Mike Glennon. But, you know, you got to play the teams on your schedule, and, you know, they're they're in the mix now for a playoff seat. I know, wild, right? What is that, five straight wins, I think? Five kind straight. Of, is that what we got in here? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, their, their defense looks good as well, 250 yards. They limited the Giants to on that side of the ball, and Tua is just doing what he needs to do on their side to win games. Respectful. They're playing, I guess, I've heard of this, they're playing this, they're calling it like an amoeba defense or something, where kind of like this floating defense, you don't know where the guys are going to blitz from, and they kind of started doing that against the Ravens, well, actually, when I was down in Mexico when that happened, and uh, they've continued it, and, and people can kind of figure it out. Now, granted, they'll play better teams, so we'll see how that works out, but they got a shot, they got a yeah, shot. Definitely. And now you put this in, I agree. Maybe did I put this in? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Belichick and McDaniels, Mona Lisa, they should hang it in the Louvre. That That's game right. On Monday night, I think you and I probably have a little bit differing opinions on what it really was. But to me, right. it was just a masterclass in coaching ability. They knew that the wind was going to be a factor. They saw the reports, mm -hmm. and I'm sure they saw the videos. They saw the field, I'm sure, before warm-ups. And... They just put it into the game plan. They knew that Buffalo couldn't stop them on the ground, and they decided that they just weren't going to pass, period. 46 yeah. rushing plays, 220 yards, and three total passes, and they got out of Buffalo with a win and now a stranglehold on the number one seed in the AFC. They did, and it was a really interesting game. If you didn't watch it, 65-mile-an-hour wins uh, go in the one direction. So you could make it like an 80-yard field goal one going one way, <laughs> but the other way was tough. I mean, the first pass that Mac Jones threw was, I mean, it actually was an immaculate catch the guy made, Yeah. but just a flutter ball. Josh Allen didn't look that affected by that win, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. But, you know, they were able to hold him in, in the red zone those last two trips, and, you know, Bass missed that field goal to kind of make it, interesting and then they had to go for the touchdown we were kind of sweating it because mm -hmm. we obviously were on the patriots um what was it plus two and a half plus two, two and, and a half. half yes so we were like oh man they could score a touchdown at the end but we we, we we landed the right side yes belichick looks great but if they end up losing that game would we say the same thing i don't know you know it's a valid question but i also would ask you if for some reason Buffalo got into the end zone sooner and maybe took the lead. Do you think sure. that the Patriots would have got, had to go to a different game plan and open up the passing game a little bit? I mean, yeah. they were in the lead from the very beginning when Harris broke yeah. off that 80-yard touchdown in the first quarter. And by that That's point, true. there was no sense in them trying to pass because they didn't need to. They never relinquished the lead. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting situation. I don't think you're going to hold the Bills to 10 points again if they play. Sure. When they down in, in wing or play up in the wing or wherever it is, it's – so yeah. maybe it's um, and that's the thing. I, I think this game didn't tell us as much as I wanted to tell us, except that Belichick is a masterful. Totally. I don't think it tells you the numbers. You're showing the yards per play, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if Mac Jones can throw against that defense. I don't know. He threw three passes. You know, he didn't look great. Uh, I thought, I mean, actually, I, I thought Allen played okay. I thought that, you know, the 
play that was the big play, I thought, in the game. It wasn't like at the end of the game, but, you know, it was a really tough catch. But if Diggs makes that catch in the first half, you know, he hit him in the arm. I know it was a bomb and he had to change his body, but the ball was there. He catches that touchdown there. What's what's the game look like? You know, like you said, changes the game plan. But to your to your point, I mean, Patriots ran the ball, and we knew that they could, so that's why we picked them. Yeah. Um, and the Bills defensively were stubborn. They were they kept insisting on keeping the nickel defense in there, and I think that Belichick and McDaniel's knew that was going to be their response, and they said, "F you, play nickel, then we're just going to run it every time." Yeah. And so the Bills are going to have to do something differently in the next game in New England. No, absolutely. They've got to do it. Make make Mac Jones beat you. I don't understand why you wouldn't do it in that situation. Yep. Uh, it was funny because I watched the Manning cast. I don't yeah, know if you watched. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And it's so funny because they're like, "Oh wait, let's watch let's watch him warm up on the sidelines." The only time you see Mac Jones throwing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so let's go to Lowe's. Man, our, our lone blemish on the card was Bengals turnovers. Man, four turnovers in this game. Including that horrible mix and fumble, which, yeah. you know, fumbles. He's only fumbled twice in the last two years. But, man, fumble, fumble, scoop, score. That was kind of the death blow because the Bengals looked like they, were, they came all the way back. It was 24 nothing, Got to 24-22 and they're driving and then that big touchdown. So, unfortunately, turnovers are a big part of the NFL and it really cost us on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. And the slow start by Cincinnati. I mean, they gifted the Chargers to a 23-0 lead to begin and then had to battle themselves back in the game. Ultimately, pretty even across the box score, but those turnovers were definitely killer. And uh, the Bengals defense held the Chargers to 4 of 13 on third down, which I thought was a good plus positive out of the loss. And uh, I still look at Cincinnati as a bet on team. I think they're going to round into form and make the playoffs. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like their schedule. This is one that baffled us, and you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. 49ers can't beat Seattle. Why? I don't understand. I, I have no explanation for this. And it was like, in this game, they were up. You know, they were up, and then they just totally blew this game. And, you know, obviously, uh, I'm happy for Russell and Pete Carroll for getting a win, but four straight losses to Seattle now, and I really can't put my finger on why. Yeah. It's really strange. I I got to admit, I didn't watch a ton of this game, but looking back, they didn't really seem to miss Debo Samuel either offensively. Kittle had a huge game with nine catches and 181 yards, and mm-hmm. they put up plenty of uh, yards on the Seahawks. So mm-hmm. uh, it was just on the other side where Russell and company got their offense going, finally put up 30 points in their own right. Right, right. And it wasn't even, it was really running the ball, you know, the close to Adrian Peterson, he's back again, another team. He's floating around. Um, so the last one I did say, New England's passing game, you already kind of mentioned this on the other side. So I know you had to get on the positive side. You had to... A fair point. A fair point. But look what <laughs> Belichick came out. Not to talk about this more, but Belichick came out and said, look at the bright side. Now the Bills haven't seen any of our passing plays. <laughs> hey, he's got a wry smile on his face as he does that right now. Funniest part about that Manning cast, though, was when, I don't know, who was it on there, too? Letterman. What's that? Letterman at the end of the second quarter. When, they, when he's when he's wiping his nose, he's like, good, Bill, wipe that on your wipe that on your hoodie. He's wiping his nose with his hand and wiping on his hoodie. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about some key injuries, which are some big ones. Um, Marlon Humphrey for Baltimore, this is a big one. He's out for the season now. 
their, their top corner torn pack. And that was an interesting result in that game. We, I don't know, we didn't talk Pittsburgh in that night because they went for two. Baltimore went for two because I guess they thought that they couldn't stop Pittsburgh because all their corners were hurt, including Humphrey. So right. it doesn't fit. Um, you mentioned Mixon. He got a little dinged up in that game. He's questionable with a neck injury. I don't know if he'll probably plays. We'll see. You've got Burrow on here. The mallet pinky finger. Oh, I guess he uh, well, he dislocated it, right? And he yeah. kind of popped it back in. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's practiced most of the week, but definitely on his throwing hand is not going to be comfortable. Yeah, it did affect him a little bit in that game. Uh, Keenan Allen is on the COVID list. Now, granted, he can he was he's vaccinated, unlike some of these NFL players. Sorry, judgment call. Um, he can test negative twice and still play, but we'll see. I, I don't think he's cleared it yet. Um, and then you, you've got Williams, Mike Williams, the other receiver in close contact, which makes sense. I mean, they, they're around each other all the time. Right. Yeah. And I did see an update on my uh, my fantasy playbook that said Williams continues to test negative this week and the team's optimistic he'll be out there on Sunday. But certainly something to look at almost daily to make sure he's in there, because if no Williams or Allen could be very impactful for that offense. No doubt. And they're a big favorite this week. How about let's keep going with the Chargers. Austin Eckler has a hamstring injury. Um, it looks like he probably, I don't know if he's not, he's going to play or not. I don't know, Roundtree's the guy who, who steps in there. Probably an adequate backup, but, you know, Eckler's a good player. Mm-hmm. Your guy, Daniel Jones, uh, he's probably not going to play again, right, for the Giants, because looking at the spread anyway, uh, he has a neck injury, missed the Miami game. We'll see if he plays this week. And I guess he moves the line a little bit for, for that team. Yeah, I believe I'm reading that it's going to be Jake Fromm who is in line to start because Glennon also got hurt on Sunday with a concussion, I believe. So uh, you are really saying something if you're behind Mike Glennon in the depth chart. And uh, Jake Fromm, I think, has been on the team for like a week, and now he's going to suit up and play against the Chargers. Right, exactly. Well, you know, he did beat out Justin Fields in, in college, supposedly. Um, <laughs> all right, last note was Joe Brady, uh, your guy. He was was now he was he was Burroughs' offensive coordinator, right? Uh, passing game coordinator at LSU in the final season, yeah. And he just gets the boot like mid game in Carolina. Um, I guess he had some disputes with Matt Rule. I thought he was a pretty good coordinator, uh, but he's on the street now. Yeah. Yeah, wild timing, too, with this one uh, to do it in middle of the bye week. It came mm-hmm. out late Sunday uh, last week and in between their two buys. And it's just a very interesting timing for Rule to do it then because it gives the new OC less time to prepare the offense going into this week. Right. Strange. Strange. Let's go over our ratings now. I mean, not a ton of changes, but some. Um, you know, the Bills are still number one, and that's obviously mostly from the other season, not for the rest of the season, not this game. The Cardinals do jump the Patriots here. Cardinals do look good, obviously, you know, so the Wags Index here. Patriots three, I've got the Bucks, then your Colts, Cowboys, Rams, and Packers right now. You know, I don't see some of those other teams that I that I like on there, but it's similar to your index, although you've got the Bucks at the top now. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks have moved up into the first spot, and Buffalo dropped down to three now with the Patriots coming in ahead of them at number two, and then Cowboys and Cardinals round out the top five. Interesting. And the Bills dropped down. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then the Packers, you didn't go down as deep as I did, but we'll see how that shakes out this week. You know, big game against my Chicago Bears this week. 
let's jump into the Lions here action. Um, obviously, last night, this is we're, we're recording on the 10th, uh, you know, December 10th, Friday. We missed the game last night. Yeah, this is an interesting game, though. The Vikings come out guns ablaze, and they're kind of destroying the, the Steelers. And I was at the bar watching this game a little bit, and it was weird. It was like, okay, they're just killing it all of a sudden Pittsburgh. They had a chance. I mean, they had a real chance there. And uh, they ended up cut, they didn't cover the number. Vikings, obviously, they covered the minus three. But I don't know. It was it was sort of the total. I don't know what was going on in this game. They couldn't stop the run. Pittsburgh again. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dalvin Cook apparently is healthy again. Over 180 yards, two touchdowns. It was a big night for him. And then you saw the Minnesota defense just fold in the second half. They couldn't stop the Steelers for anything. And we're yeah. damn lucky that they got out of that without giving the Pittsburgh team an opportunity to tie the game at the end. I know. I know. I mean, at least uh, Chase Claypool was given the the first downside, you know, when they were trying to get get the play going. But, well, let's get into the actual picks now. So we'll start at the 1 o'clock window on Sunday the 12th. Uh, first game is interesting because it, is a, it, it didn't get flexed up. Uh, Vegas and the Raiders going to Kansas City here. Kansas City opens a 10-point favorite, 52.5-point total. It's it's still 10 in Circa. A uh, little bit lower total, though, 48. Really interesting action. You know, this is tough. This is a really hard thing. You know, I don't do – we talked about it last week or maybe a week before about DVOA. Does it go over like a three- or four-weeks, you know, stretch? And the Wegs Index does not either. It's it's full season if you did that over the last three or four weeks, the Chiefs are, and they are starting to move up in the index, by the way. They're probably like 10th right now. So 10 points still a lot, though, for this team. But you don't want to get in front of that bus right now, do you? No, not really. I, You know, there's a couple of things in this game. Darren Waller still hasn't practiced this week, and I think with the loss of rugs, it just amplifies that offense. When they're down two of their top two weapons, then they're left with, Brian Edwards on the outside and, and Zay Jones and those aren't receivers that exactly blow me away at all and going against the Kansas City defense which is extremely improved I'm not mm-hmm. sure that the Raiders are going to be able to have much success at all on that side of the ball this week right yeah I, I just wonder if it'll be a popular pick I mean there's actually several big spreads this week uh we're probably going to pick one of them mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be against picking the Chiefs it's just uh it's hard because, you know, Vegas has done pretty well against this team, although they got they got clobbered early. They, they kind of started yeah. the offense, at least for Kansas City, uh, when they turned around. Yeah, I mean, the price just gives me pause because just three weeks ago, the same Kansas City outfit was on the road at Las Vegas laying two and a half points. And right. now we've talked about home field advantage throughout, and granted, Kansas City probably has the highest home field advantage in the league. It still takes a lot to go from two and a half to now ten, just in three weeks' time. Right, right. So it's six point six and a half point premium with the depends on how you value home field. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to the next game. Uh, New Orleans goes to the Jets. Um, you know the Jets, whatever. It was, darling, it was the darling last year for action. This year, I don't know what to say of this team, but New Orleans is tough to figure out too. New Orleans opens a six and a half point favorite on the road, forty four point total. Now they're five in the contest, favorite uh, the Saints on the road, 43-point total. I don't know where to go with this action. I mean, uh, last week, Taysom Hill was bad, but he was playing a much better defense. The Jets, I don't know what to expect out of them weekly, week over week. Um, I'd like to pass this game, but you know, maybe you have a, a side on this one. Well, I mean, I definitely lean to the Jets initially this week. I put a bet on them, in fact, at six. 
but have soured on that a little bit more in the last couple of days. Just looking at the Jets injury report, it is not good at all. They're Elijah Moore, they're really their top threat on the wide outside is hasn't practiced all week. And right. uh, Corey Davis is out for the season or at least I, on temporary IR. And so I'm not really sure that this offense has a lot of weapons for Zach Wilson to go to this week. And I mean, I fully expect it to be a very low scoring game. Uh, we saw the last time Taysom Hill was out, he threw three straight interceptions yeah, in that primetime game. So I don't think that the New Orleans offense is going to be able to do much either. And uh, long story short, I think we should pass too. Thank you. Is Alvin Kamara playing? Um, let's see. Alvin Kamara has practiced all week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, full practice. So that is a huge get back for the Saints. Good call. <laughs> It is. So it's something to consider, but we'll see, you know what to say. Um, okay. So next game, big game, San Francisco, we're going to Cincinnati, San Francisco. They both these these late eggs last week. So they're both coming off big losses. You know, Cincinnati opened as a two and a half point favorite at home, 47 point total. This game's flipped. I don't know when the line that early look ahead was set, but the Niners are one and a half point favorites in the contest and one across the board, 48 and a half point total. How do I explain this to me? This action, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really understand it. Cincinnati, they're pretty even teams. I, you know, to me in the index, they're very close. Cincinnati's a little bit better actually. So them at home, I know there's not much home field advantage, but this is definitely value to the Bengals to me. Yeah, I concur. I, I do. I think that, uh, you know, you've seen the San Francisco team that really has just had one good result recently in mm-hmm. that big win in the division. Um, uh, against the Rams, and then they did beat Minnesota, I guess, two weeks later. But last week they they laid an egg against Seattle, and uh, I think that Cincinnati is primed for a bounce back. I I believe that Joe Mixon's going to play. I read that he was out with an illness the last couple of days, and it's anticipated that he'll be back for the game. And uh, I think that the Bengals are going to be able to run the ball against them. So um, I would consider putting the Bengals on our card again. Again, also, it's a team that is kind of stinky, too, and I'm not sure that they're going to be popularly picked in the contest. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, they, they're kind of one of our teams this year, and they've been on you know, my teams this year a lot. So I'm on board with that. I'm going to go full green, but definitely yellow on that one. Okay. All right, we've got uh, an AFC South gem here. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Tennessee. Tennessee's coming off the bye. Uh, Tennessee opened as a nine and a half point favorite, 50 point total. It's eight and a half in the contest, 44 point totals. That totals way down from when it first came out. Um, you know, it's hard. I, this is right where the number is. I mean, literally, actually, I have it exactly as eight and a half. So there's not a lot of value there. But the only narrative I would say, and I'm not trying to get us to take them, but the Titans have to win a goddamn game. And and this is the one they got to win, right? I mean, they got to come back and they got to win. I don't care who's playing. Uh, but look at this guy's smile. He wants to go to Jacksonville. Like, no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I've got Jacksonville already in this oh, yeah? in this game, and I'm just I'm just going against the Titans. I mean, okay. I think this team is overrated. They've lost three straight games against the spread, and mm-hmm. I did see that Julio Jones is expected back this week, which would certainly yes. be helpful to that passing game. But 
I don't think that the rest of their injury report is, I mean, they still are down running backs. looks like Jeremy McDickles is going to be back for them. They did uh, get rid of Peterson, obviously. So I think that was the right call going to McNichols and, uh, and the other back whose names escapes me right now. But I think that the Jaguars are going to be prime in this spot as a home underdog. I'm sorry. They're on the road, but divisional underdog. And eight and a half points is a lot of points for a Titans offense to lay. That's really my key factor. Huh. Okay. So last week, you know, the Rams just completely throttled this team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were on the road as well, meaning Jacksonville. So you think there's still some fight in the Jags. They're not mailing it in. They'll, they'll, they'll lift it up for the divisional opponent. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's still a really young team and a rookie head coach. I don't think that there's any reason for them to <laughs> mail it in. As, especially when you compare it to a team like the Houston Texans, which is <clears throat> diametrically opposed with a lame duck head coach and a team that has nothing to play for. Right, right. Okay. Might be able to get talked into it, actually. We can put yellow, but it's going to take some convincing, I think, uh, okay. Saturday. Morning, so we'll see. Fair enough. All right, here we go. Baltimore against uh, the former – uh, sorry, the, the former Browns against the current Browns. Uh, Baltimore Ravens going to the Browns in Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore Open is a one-point favorite on the road, 45-point total, but that's flipped. I don't know when that line was set again, but the Browns are three-point favorites at home in the contest and 42.5-point total across the board, which is very low. You know, it's again, these teams are dead even. Like These are really close teams to me uh, when I look at them. Not dead even. I shouldn't say that. Not dead even. The Ravens are a little bit better on paper, but... I don't trust this Ravens team. I just don't. And the Browns have to win. They have to win this game. And, you know, Baltimore with the corners being hurt, you know, I can understand why the line moved, that's for sure. But um, three points is obviously a a tough number for a divisional opponent coming in. But I I, I don't know why. I just – I'd be on Cleveland here. Yeah, definitely glad to see that it's three and not three and a half. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But I think the line move was accurate. I've heard reports that this did open up. I missed it on Sunday night, but I, I did confirm that it opened at a lot of spots, Baltimore minus one. And right. uh, at the time, I don't know that Marlon Humphreys, the severity of his injury was known, but certainly when that news came out on Monday, then you saw this line start to go on the move immediately. And there was damn good reason for that because not only is Humphrey hurt, but their entire secondary is on the injury report this week. They're already right. without Marcus Peters, their other corner earlier in the season, but now you have Averett and Chuck Clark, Seymour Stevens, all on the injury report. And I think many of them are actually going to suit up, but you got to ask what kind of health and condition they're going to be in. And on top of that, this is like the ultimate situational spot for Cleveland. They had the bye last week, and the week before that, they played the same Ravens team. So Stefanski and the coaches have been able to prepare for this game for three straight weeks now, and I fully expect they're going to come out with some wrinkles ready for Baltimore. Okay. I mean, the only thing I'm going to ask you, the question is that we, you know, we've talked about this before. We've kind of taken the cheese before on this, so where the injuries have moved the line the opposite way completely, and we've gotten on that. I'm not saying it's a free square this time, but the you know the injuries tell you a certain story, mm-hmm. and then the other team just comes and 
and totally defies that. So, and and ironically, these were both road situations too. It was the Cowboys on the road, and I think it was uh, Arizona on the road in San Francisco. So, um, does that give you any pause? No, not really. I think there's some differences in those games because a they were quarterback injuries and mm-hmm. and b the the injury news actually came out after the pick time. I think in both of those, so we ended up on the the right what we thought was the right side that ended up losing. <laughs> but I, I really think that the Ravens secondary is in a huge huge. Uh, disadvantage this weekend my only concern is baker mayfield's ability to actually take advantage of it that's my concern is the passing game baker's ability yeah so yeah well uh, is it a yellow or a green for you i I really like cleveland i i would put green on it if you concur yeah let's do it all right next time divisional matchup in the nfc south uh the, the falcons are going to carolina uh, Carolina is a three-point open as a three-point favorite at home. Forty-five point total. This flipped all the way. Oh no, I'm sorry, my bad. It's two and a half point, two and a half in the total. Uh, I'm sorry, two and a half in the contest for the Panthers. Forty-three point total. I'm a little surprised at the line action. Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't, I don't really know what to make of this pa- Panthers de- uh, team anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, on paper they are better than Atlanta, but they've been a better. They, you know, they failed. The index has failed me on this team for like three weeks. So I don't know what to expect out of this team. I could definitely see the Falcons outright winning this game. So I'm not sure what your analysis tells you. So you said that the index has failed you on, you meant Carolina, right? Carolina. Yeah. Carolina's okay. the on team in the index for, for weeks. Yeah. Uh, usually probably because they're defense, but they, you know, they, they're not there. They can't get it done. We go week. Yeah, I mean, after the 3-0 and start against the spread, they've now dropped seven of their last nine against mm-hmm. the number. And uh, I agree, they have certainly been trending downwards. And I'm not sure that the move from Joe Brady to the running backs coach at offensive coordinator is going to help Cam Newton throw the ball any better this week. <laughs> and right. Cam's playing quarterback. Christian McCaffrey has now been officially ruled out for the season. And so... Mm-hmm. You're looking at this same offense that has zero ability to throw the ball downfield, and the only offensive game plan that I could foresee them coming up with is Cam Newton running the ball, and surely the Falcons are going to be ready for that. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a curious line. I, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, you know, Atlanta's been playing decent, right? What are they against the number the last five weeks, let's say? Yeah, one cover in the last four games, but the three losses were against Tampa Bay, New England, and Dallas. So yeah, good. you're talking about a strength of schedule issue there. But last week we saw Cordero Patterson come back into the lineup, and this offense is a completely different animal when he's playing. Yep. They presumably could have covered that game driving late last week against Tampa, too. So I like the Falcons in this spot. I think that they are in a good chance to come out and win this game outright. I I agree with you hundred percent. This is the, this is the Josh Applebaum special, you know, under, under five points road, divisional road dog. This is the system. So let's put that one on there. Okay. Um, Okay. So Dallas and Washington, uh, Washington obviously went out to the Raiders and one which we we predicted. So with Dallas Open is a five point favorite on the road, forty nine point total. They're four and a half in the contest. You know between forty seven and forty eight in the total now. You know again, 
Index loves the Cowboys just because of their metrics, but I mean, I'm, I love the way Washington's playing now. I love this team, and I, I love them at the beginning of the season. It just took them to lose Chase Young to play incredible defense. But am I getting a little too too far ahead of myself? Is this going to be a Dallas smash smash spot because they're getting all the receivers back? Yeah, and their defensive line. I uh, initially this week I agreed. I leaned with you to the Washington side. They're the home underdogs in the division. And if they win this game, they're right back in the race for the division title as well because they still have Dallas a second time on the schedule. Yes. And then I was digging a little bit more into the injury reports, and this Dallas team is just getting healthy pretty much on both sides. They're finally going to have their complete array of defensive linemen intact for the first time this season. And right. I'm not so sure that on that side of the ball that Heineke and company will be able to have much success. Um, so it gave me pause. Yeah. Let's, let's just pass. I think that it's one of those games. I think that when it plays out, we'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Cowboys can take it four and a half is a pretty big number yeah. to lay on the road. But you know, a lot of times the spread doesn't matter as you know, kind of been talking about all season sometimes it doesn't come into play. So just stay away from that one. I, I was a little surprised they didn't flex this game. I mean, yeah, do I want to see the Bears on Sunday night? Sort of. Could beat against the Packers so again. Bad. This would have been a good flex out spot. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next game, Seattle against Houston. Seattle finally got a win. They, you know, they weren't dead yet. And then Houston, you know, whatever is Houston. So uh, they got crushed. So Seattle um, opens a six and a half point favorite on the road, 44 and a half point total. They're up to eight and a half action in the contest, 41 and a half point total. You think Houston's mailed it in because there's no way Seattle should be laying eight and a half on a road. Yeah. I think this is a really tough game to handicap because on one hand, I want no part of a Davis Mills led offense from the Houston Texans yeah. that I think are trying to lose at this point. I, I don't believe that they have any interest in winning games now. Right. It is an eight and a half point spread though. And yeah. that's the great equalizer. And on the other side, I'm not sure that even after one good performance against the Niners that I have any interest in putting money behind the Seahawks offense, laying eight and a half points. That's crazy. So I think it's a good teaser spot if you're inclined to do sort of thing with the Seahawks. But uh, for our contest, I think we should pass both sides. Totally agree. Thank you. Phew. Phew. All right. That's close. (laughs) You thought I I was going to take Houston. (laughs) Well, I mean, it, it's just such a big spread. I mean, it's it's weird that Seattle would – I mean, they, they haven't been able to lay that kind of number all year. I mean, I don't, what are we talking about here? If I was in some um, sort of pool like I know you are, I would definitely be yeah. on the Houston side. But for our contest, no interest. Right. All right. Uh, next one, another humdinger. Detroit, you know, they got their win. We didn't put this on the highs. I'm sorry, actually. I, I didn't. I should have put that on the highs. Detroit uh, – Got their win against Minnesota. They they almost didn't get it. They were winning all game and almost blew it and had to win the last play of the game. So sorry, Lions lovers. That was a high as well. Uh, they're going to Denver. Uh, Denver is an eight. They opened as an eight and a half point favorite at home. Forty three and a half point total in the contest. It's Broncos minus ten. Forty two point total. Another bizarre line to be action. Do you think that oddsmakers are thinking Detroit got their win and they're giving up? I don't believe it. I think they're playing hard. I Ten points is too much for the Broncos to me. Yeah, it definitely is. This offense is not one that should be laying ten points to anyone in this league. But I think you're right. right. I think there's some sense of that from the odds makers and the public betters as well. 
that uh, Detroit got their one win and they're going to come out flat the next week. And they might, but they might. Uh, laying 10 points with the Broncos is not something I'm interested in, especially when I read that uh, the run- second running back is coming back this week. And I think that Fangio and company are stupid enough to actually get him involved, even though Javante Williams is awesome. And uh, I forget, I forget the back out of Wisconsin. Gordon, thank you. Yeah, he should be benched. But he should be benched. I've got Javante Williams. I want to win this game in my fantasy league. The guy was amazing. Look at how good he was. Just let him run. But you know, Fangio. This is a tough one for me. I, I, I think we should pass it as well. Look at this, a lot of passes this week. And I don't, I don't blame you, man. These these big spreads are hard. I mean, it's really hard sometimes, even though for the most part, it's it's pick the winner, right, in, in all these games. You know, I wouldn't surprise me if Detroit outright wins again, you know, just mm-hmm. even with the spread. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. All right, here's an interesting one. Uh, so we've got the Giants with apparently Jake, Jake Fromm, you said, yeah. going to the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers get that big win at Cincinnati. They open as a seven-point favorite at home, 46.5-point total. It's up to 10 action. And then, again, 43.5 to 42.5-point total there. Huge spread. I I, I can't do it. I, I think the Chargers, maybe they turn a corner. They finally actually won a game. They look pretty good. But this team never covers numbers. They just don't cover numbers, especially at home. 10 points. I mean, the Giants stink. And you're, you got Jake Fromm. I mean, his first start. Obviously, that's the hand. That's the handicap. But you get on board with ten points on with Archer. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, especially with the team that has such a porous run defense. But I'm not so certain that the Giants are going to be equipped to take advantage of that. They're only 28th against um, an offensive rush DVOA this season, and I right. certainly don't want to be back Jake from either. Um, I initially had some a small inclination of looking to the Giants if I when I initially saw that Mike Williams might be out as well because I mm-hmm. had fears that the Chargers offense would be severely depleted with replacement wide receivers across the board. But now sure. it looks like Mike Williams is probably going to be playing. And, and so in that case, I'd rather just pass this game. Yeah, that's fine. I'm good to pass. Sorry, America, we're not giving you every game leans, but it's just some of these are tricky. And I don't want to step on a landmine here. Well, let's go to a big game. And again, this game, I don't know how they flex these games, but this is a four o'clock game. That's great, but it should be on the prime times. So you got you. Buffalo going to Tampa. Fo- Fox Crash. was not willing to give it up, no matter what NBC would have paid him. I get it. So Buffalo goes to Tampa. Uh, Buffalo, you know, obviously lost to the Patriots, so they're going to be a little deflated, maybe. So Tampa was a three-point favorite at home in the opener, fifty-three point total. It's three and a half. Got the hook here. In the contest, 53-point total. I'll tell you right now, actually, I'm going under this total right now. I, I I don't really believe that these teams will score at will like they did maybe last year. But um, I don't like the hook here, but I still like the Bucks. I, I don't know if the Bills. Maybe it's just an a, you know anecdotal evidence, but I gotta think that that was a letdown spot. Maybe maybe they maybe they rise up and play hard. But Tampa's really good at home, and they usually cover the number. And I, I do think that they're going to be able to run the ball on this team, meaning the box are going to run on the Bills. So I like that three and a half and laying it this time. Agree. Hammer spot, the, no doubt about it. You touched on all of my points here. Bucks are 4-1 and one against the spread at home this year, and they're covering in those games by an average of 10.4 points per game. So they're really pouring right. on their opponents. 
and um, it's a short week for the Bills coming off of a huge emotional divisional game and 60-plus mile-per-hour wins, and now they have to go to the presumably warmer temperatures in Tampa. And on top of that, we mentioned it last week, but Tredavious White is out for the Bills, their number one cover corner, and they didn't really get to test their new secondary setup last week because the Patriots only threw it three times. And so I think that going up against the Bucks passing game is going to be difficult for that Bills secondary. And then on top of all of that, the Bucks are number one, number number six. No, wait. No, I just said number one running the ball against that Buffalo Bills defense, which we saw last week uh, got shredded by the Patriots. So I think that you're going to see a lot of Fournette. And uh, I, I like your idea on the under because of that running clock. Yeah, I think they're going to run it. Just you know, it's going to be tough. I think, those, I think the Bills are going to have to struggle, uh, struggle to score in this game, to be honest with you. But we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe they'll do a little something. I think the pass rush and their lack of running game is going to really hurt in this one. Do you think this is going to be a popular pick, or the hook might scare away some of our competitors? You know, it probably will be. Uh, but I will tell you numerically, like you know, DVOA aside, I guess if people follow, follow DVOA, they're showing the Bucks is the better team. I'm still showing the Bills is the better team on paper, um, but I, obviously I don't have a strength of schedule metric in there. So you know, if I looked at my metrics straight, then I would say you're supposed to lean here towards the Bills. But that's why I think we, it may not be that popular of a pick. But uh, we'll see. I'll live with it if it's a popular pick on this time. Fair. This time. All right, so two more games, the primetime games. I've already alluded to this mega matchup where the uh, Mighty Bears are going up north to Green Bay, uh, House of Horrors at Lambeau. And uh, Green Bay is at 12.5 point favorite on the opener, 45.5 point total. Also 12.5 in this contest now. Total's down to 43.5. Wow. So we'll talk generally before I get into the, the personal you know, investment I have in this team. But um, normally speaking, when you see a 43.5 point total and a 12 point spread, you got to take the dog, right? But I can't do it with the Bears. I don't. The Bears never cover against the Packers. It's almost never. I mean, it's just it's insane. But twelve and a half is a big number. Oof, big number. So I don't know what your think, your feelings yeah. are. Yeah, uh, Fields is back under center this week. Is that correct? Meh. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Let me give you the. Okay. Uh, I I agree with you that I think I would only lean to one way in this game with the Packers. Um, you know that Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears now, Wags. So. You mean like he has a he has share he's a shareholder? <laughs> no. He's a McCaskey. No, he's just a shit talker. <laughs> but uh, I, I I'm not so sure. Twelve and a half on Sunday Night Football. We've been really smart and done well to avoid these games this season. So. I think we should probably pass, but I would lean to the pack if you were so inclined. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's why we're going to probably have to pick one of these bigger spread games. So it's this one of the Chiefs. You know, we talk about it on Saturday, uh, but it's it's one of these big spread games. You know, we put as a yellow. I I can't pick the bigger sets for sure, but um, this is what I'm talking about. As the season goes on, these these favorites are starting to win out a little bit here and there. It's these type of games where they just – you know, let's face it, they, the Bears are a shell. I, I mean, maybe they'll play a good game, and I'll be surprised, but I just don't like the you know the direction that they're going here. And I heard – I think Montgomery's a little dinged up this week too, um, I've, I've heard. So, you know, you gotta got to watch that. They're on offense to me, and uh, I don't know. So 
All right, last game, Monday night, uh, Rams go to, to Arizona. This is a battle in the NFC West. I mean, the Rams, if they want any shot at the at the uh, division, they got to win this game. So Arizona opens in a two, as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 51-point total. It's two-and-a-half in the contest, 52-point total, so not a lot of movement. It's right there. I'm not sure about this one, actually. I, I mean, Arizona's a better team on, in, on paper to me. Rams did have a bounce back against a terrible team in the Jags, but – Arizona, it's a tough one. I, I can't make a case right now for the Rams, even though you probably should, given it's that divisional road dog, you know, two short, you know, short dog on the road. I think Arizona's just a better team. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I agree that I would certainly look to the Arizona side of this. Um, recall that they crushed the Rams in their first meeting this week or this year in LA. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a 17 point victory by the Cardinals on the road. And right. I think that the Cardinals are have come out of the bye looking a lot healthier than they were going into it. I thought that Kyler Murray especially looked like his normal self last week, and he was a problem for the Rams in the first game. Yep. So I, I, I feel like it's the Cardinals' opportunity to really step on the throats of the Rams and take this division down. Essentially, this would end the division race if they get the victory on Monday night. So... Right. Um, I I could be talked into it. I I don't really know about the injuries on the Rams side. I mean, there's not a ton of injury information out this week, given the the right. Monday night schedule. But I saw that Daryl Henderson was on the injury report. Not sure if Sony Michelle is the go-to back now, but he doesn't exactly move a lot for me. Yeah, and it's to me. I don't know the Rams offense. It kind of goes as Cooper Cup goes, right? So. Does Arizona, the first time they obviously had an answer for it, uh, will they do it again? You know, I think that, like you said, with Murray being healthy, I don't care if it's Aaron Donald, and I don't even think, I mean, maybe Von Miller isn't that great. We'll see. But even them getting after him, he makes plays, and, and I, I mean, Chase Edmonds supposed to come back. I mean, Connor's been playing great. It, 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 I'm not saying it'd, be, it'd surprise me if the Rams win, but – it would be definitely contrary to what I've seen so far from these two teams. So I would, like I said, Arizona pass for me, but we, we can always stay away from the Monday night game if you feel good about it, but it should be one of our considerations. Sure. Yeah. It looks like we have quite a few yellow games this week, so we'll add it to the list. Yeah. Well, let's work, let's review those games for our viewers or for our listeners and viewers. Uh, we've got, we both like Cincinnati plus one and a half at home against the 49ers. We, we like the Browns plus three against uh, Baltimore at home. Uh, we like uh, Atlanta plus two and a half on the road against the Panthers. And then we, we lo- really love Tampa minus three and a half at home against the Bills. So that's already four greens. Of the extra pick that we got to figure out is either the Chiefs minus 10 against the Raiders at home. The Jags, that's why I don't know if I can get on board with you, buddy. Uh, plus eight and a half against the road against the Titans. And then either Green Bay uh, minus 12 and a half at home against the Bears or Arizona minus two and a half at home against the Rams. So a lot of home teams in there uh, as we review it now, which is contrary to what we've said most of the season. But um, but sometimes it depends who's favored. Right. I mean, a lot of times the favorites are going to come back and if they're at home, they're going to win some games. So true. Got a lot to choose from. We do. All right, let's go over the contest. Uh, and I did some more deep diving, actually. I know you, you look into the history of, of the contest, but 
Uh, first of all, the you know we had a great week. We went four and one. We finished our best quarter of the year. I'll start with that. Uh, so at four and one, we were 12 and eight for the quarter, which you know is 60%. It's not lighting the world on fire, but I'll tell you, relatively it was because we got up to 533rd place just for the quarter action. So and that was with you know we we had a couple two and three weeks in there. So nice work, nice work. Um, that puts us at 36, 28 and one for the season. Uh, 841st overall, not bad, solid outing. Um, you know, it got me to thinking when we looked at the top dog, the top dogs at 46 and 19, they've come all the way down to almost 71 or just under 71%. Whereas you remember they were way up there though. I mean, it was 75, 77% and the top 50 is, is, is at 65%. So the issue is that the field is a little bit better. And I was looking at last year, just Last year, we were actually a little bit better, surprisingly, last year, because we had a 5-0 and week in week 13 at 37-28 and 28 last year, but we were only two and a half behind the top 50 last year. Wow. Can you believe wow. that? So we were much closer um, to the to the top, to the money, and the leader was only eight up on us. But So what's interesting is the leader's about the same. Like they're one pick better this year than last year. It's the top 50 that's gotten better when you look year over year. So, you know, I'm, we got one quarter left, our side action loyal guys, you know, we're trying to win this thing. We've got five weeks to go, one big quarter. I think we're going to, I think the winner's going to get uh, 61. That's my guess. I know it's only 15, but kind of the way it works, I think about 68% is where you're going to be. And I think in order for us to, to make that happen, I mean, not, not to win, well, maybe we could, but um, to hit the top 50, I think we're going to have to, get close to 57 which is like 19 but 18 19 it's possible it's possible we got to go 18 5 and 1 action so let's fucking go let's do this all right let's do it uh 3.7 wins per week based on my calculation so if we start out with five we'll be ahead of the game yeah i mean we just gotta take a week at a time we might get too far ahead of ourselves but when i started doing the math i'm like okay they're starting to come down to us but then i'm like I looked at last year. I'm like, we are way closer. I'm like, what the hell? There's only a thousand more entries, but I do think that there'll be some regression in the group. Hopefully, we can keep that slow and steady pace up while they're kind of coming down. So, yeah, at some full purpose. At some point too, I think that we should start considering a little bit more game theory and try to avoid those popular picks because, um, if especially when we get to a point where we need to make a move, that's the only way that we're going to be able to do so. That's true. Like last week, the, the field did pretty poorly. They went two and three, we went four and one. That's why we got up. We were like, we were happy to to see, you know, obviously the Patriots came in for us, but, and that was a head-to-head game because they picked the Bills. Uh, it was the other game, right? It was the the Chiefs covering and then we picked the Broncos. So we definitely have to think about that a little more when we make these picks. So good call action. All right. Well, hopefully everybody's listening to us. I know the guys I talked to yesterday, I talked to, uh, you know, Arms Prime and, some other guys at the bar and, and they were like, your picks are doing great. I'm like, yeah, I guess they are. You know, if you listen to our body of work, you know, make the picks, we're going to be winning you some money. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here for you. Um, so I'm sure you are winning action. You're winning some cash. Yeah, definitely. Trying to help all our listeners build their own bankroll. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Good luck, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. 
We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.